Well, it is a time on 2 in your RFM for Health Naturally. Dennis Stewart is here. Dennis, I mentioned those temperatures. Minus one, probably near your place tonight. What do you reckon? Unfortunately, that is likely to be so, Mark. <laughs> oh, good idea, mate. Thanks for joining us. I'll tell you what, I had to, had to send Jane on holidays to see if I can get a crack on her health naturally. So it's great to be with you, well, mate. Very now, nice to be with you, Mark. Now, but even though I'm not in this room, I have noted keenly yes. that over the last little while you've been doing a little series on wayward weeds yes. and looking at food and medicine. Yes. We're going to put that on, on hold yes. for a moment. Keep that on yes. ice because yes. this week you want to take a look at the potential of complementary medicine. Um, Subs, uh, supplementary supplements, etc., for things like uh, building up that re- immunity and resistance. What's your thoughts oh, today? Oh, look, I'm, I'm dying to do this because it's a topic that I think, again, is worthwhile touching on when the media and our politicians and society generally is aware that uh, the COVID in particular is on the march again and uh, looking at ways and means of helping fight the uh, this wretched virus even in the context of people uh, accessing the medical management based on vaccination, uh, it has demonstrated that uh, despite the value that that might have, that the virus is still active, knocking people about. And my contention is that in addition to the mainstream, my view is there is a role for what's called complementary medicine in assisting the fight. And my contention, Mark, is this, and I've heard politicians even this morning Uh, talk about this, that we increasingly have to take responsibility in our efforts to curtail the virus assaulting us, and this will mean more and more requirements on the part of individuals to do things additional, perhaps, to what the mainstream is offering them. I believe that complementary medicine, uh, that system of medicine that is practised all around the Western world now, came in existence because people realised, both medically and non-medical people, realised Western medicine with all its greatness and its achievements still didn't have all the answers to the human dilemma, to all the answers of fighting disease. Complementary medicine brought into play the idea that vitamin and mineral supplements, and particularly with herbs, the oldest system of medicine in the world, needed to be looked at seriously and as a result. All around the world, medical professionals naturopathic practitioners like myself are preaching the gospel, if you like, that complementary medicine has a role to play in assisting in the fight against the viral infection. All right. Uh, a little bit more self-responsibility, a little bit less government mm-hmm. interference would be handy too, Dennis, just putting that out there. Yeah. Phil from Newcastle standing by. Phil, you have a question in relation to vitamins and minerals. What's going on there? I do. To your uh, COVID discussion... Vitamin D3, zinc, and I think vitamin C are exceptionally good to boost the immune system for your fight against getting the COVID virus. Would that be correct? Yes, Phil, I'm glad you've raised that because it was something we were going to touch on. Um, There is an agreement amongst even medical professionals in Australia, some medical professionals here in Australia and many overseas, that vitamins and minerals do have a part to play essentially in strengthening the uh, immune response to uh, uh, fighting against the uh, activity of any virus, even uh, COVID. And over the uh, various sessions that I've done on this program over the last many months, I've frequently emphasised the need for listeners to familiarise themselves with the literature, 
and the ideas that are out there now that reiterate what you have said, that a sensible, um, understandable role uh, of using vitamins and minerals in building up resistance to COVID and helping fight it uh, is credible. Now, I would say again to listeners, there are a lot of references out there that can be accessed. And my view is, and I've mentioned it before, the, the text that I have recommended and many of my clients and patients have purchased it from my rooms at New Lambton is the book by the uh, Australian doctor, Dr. Sandra Cabot. And she's a unique lady, an excellent medical pra practitioner, but also has a grounding in natural medicine. And she wrote a text which I believe is the most readable text uh, for the average person. It's also a good text for people that practice any system of medicine because in that text, the good doctor looks at the way in which uh, supplements, vitamins, minerals, particular foods, dietary change can all be seen as part and parcel as building up prevention against uh, COVID and helping fight it if it does occur. I'll go slowly, Phil, and mention the text that I'm recommending again to listeners, which is very, very reasonably priced and very, very easily read. The name of the text is Corona and Other Dangerous Viruses, What You Must Know to Protect Yourself and What They Don't Tell You by Dr. Sandra Cabot. Now, I have no interest financially in the book, but listeners would know on this program I frequently mention reference texts which are useful and in the climate of COVID, one of the best supports that I can think of for validating the potential of vitamins, minerals, dietary change, certain foods to COVID, uh, for the COVID fight is contained in the good doctor's book, Corona and Other Dangerous Viruses. And the essential theory behind this is that these supplements, a couple of which you have mentioned, have a role in essentially supporting the immune response fighting the virus, seeking to prevent its occurrence, and if it does occur, to fight the good fight in a more competent way. And a couple that you have mentioned are the ones that, or are some of the ones that are called up on page 62 of Dr. Cabot's book, Corona and Other Dangerous Viruses. There are half a dozen supplements there, easily procured, reasonably priced, and the good thing for all those cynics out there and there are cynics out there. I had one patient yesterday, Mark, uh, come to see me and said, oh, my doctor said, don't listen to anything that Dennis Stewart says. <laughs> well, hello, I thought we'd got beyond that. I, I never say to my patients or clients, oh, don't take any notice of what your GP says. Well, I mean, my listeners know that I'm as much for the mainstream as I am for complementary medicine. Dennis, maybe the, maybe the doctor was uh, just l listening in somehow covertly to the political discussions we have when we're not on. Maybe oh, that was what well, it was. Well, he started on that, haven't we? <laughs> no, look, well done, Phil. I would encourage you to pursue your interest. You have mentioned two of the fundamental nutrients. There are half a dozen only of them that Dr. Cabot recommends on page 62 of the text. You run for it because I tell you, I have a steady stream of patients and clients coming to my rooms in New Lambton and getting hold of the book, and many of them will re come back and tell me how well they're doing. And many people, by the way, will come in off the street asking for assistance. What, we, what can we do? What things should we be taking? And I believe there's a role for pharmacists. Many of them are doing it in any case. 
and also for doctors, particularly doctors that practice integrative medicine. Thank you so much and good luck with all of that, Phil. Now, Dennis, I just want to pick you up on yes, something yes, super yes, quickly. Yes. Um, obviously, a couple of years ago, everybody was like COVID, 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 yes, COVID. So yes, I would imagine yes. a lot of the discussions that people were having when they came in, that would be front of mind. Have you, and I know you're one mm. slice, right, so every place is going to be different, yeah. but for the people that come in and see you mm. in, in, in your healing rooms yes. there, yeah. are you finding that the amount of people that that is front of mind is dropping? Has it come back up again or is it stable? Or what, okay. what? My observation is, my observation is, and uh, it's an observation, is that many people that I see are disappointed uh, with the... Uh, some of the recommendations and the outcomes associated with those recommendations. Many of them um, believed that uh, acceding to the double jab, for instance, would basically solve the problem. Now, I'm not saying that's the message that came over, but that's many people when they come into my rooms express disappointment, rightly or wrongly, at the outcome of the vaccination procedure. Now, I'm not going to enter into that debate, but I'm passing on what my observation is. And as a result of that, as a result of that, and this is something that has to be accepted, I know it's not uh, not very popular, but I see a large number of people that are resistant to having further vaccinations. Now, I'm not going to go into the debate on that. That's too controversial. Uh, and I don't give p uh, people advice to counteract what their good doctor so says. What I do say is that in the climate in which we live, People have to be informed and respect the advice that's given to them. But the days are gone, I would contend, when whatever was said uh, medically was taken as gospel. I think those days are gone. I'm not saying there's anything necessarily wrong with the medical approach. All I'm saying is more and more people that I see, and perhaps I'm an exception, more and more people that I see are disappointed, are not convinced with the procedures that have been offered to them, are reluctant to go down the pathway of more vaccinations and are looking at what things they can do. And that is where I say, well, look, you follow the advice of your good doctor, but if you are looking for ways and means, perhaps, of improving the outcome, of giving you, if you like, a, a second plank to walk on, take on board what I've said about the uh, the supplements that are mentioned in that good text that I've mentioned on many, many occasions, Mark. 2NURFM 103.7. Good afternoon, Cathy. You have... Um, well, your husband has... You've got something for your husband for uh, Dennis Stewart this afternoon. What's going on there? Yes, well, my husband, um, two and a half years ago, was diagnosed with transverse myelitis. Yes, and he's paralysed from the waist down. Oh, dear, dear. He's 73. Yes. Just retired, not before that. Yes. Um, and developed a 150 centimetre deep ulcer on his left cheek of his bottom. Got you. He's had plastic sur surgery. Yes. Um, he's on arginate, zinc, um, vitamin C. I was wondering what else I can use to uh, okay. um, help to heal this ulcer because it's in the, it's clean at the moment. Good. Um, and showing good growth. 
That's Bye. that's lovely. Look, what what I would suggest, Kathy, uh, and it might surprise you and and, and listeners to know that uh, over my forty years of um, of, of non medical practice, uh, those cynics out there that say don't take notice of, of Dennis Stewart, well, Dennis has been around for forty years and has seen a few things, and uh, and ulcers is one of the things that. I've seen fairly frequently because they can be quite troublesome to heal. Now I haven't got all the I haven't got all the answers, but I do know this. I do know this, and I can read uh, the correspondence on 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 this program if people doubt it. But I have saved people's limbs as a result of recommending to them my particular my particular formula for a honey ointment that was developed by the Russians in the Second World War, where it was used as a topical application to address horrific battle wounds. I developed the product as a result of finding the formula in the communist bookshop opposite People's Palace in Sydney when I was a young man studying engineering but interested in complementary medicine. I had the preparation made and it has helped numerous people even in this town and that has been documented what I'm going to suggest is I will happily, happily, uh, if you hang on at the end of this uh, conversation and give your details to the uh, receptionist at the desk, I will happily send to you free of charge oh. my, my oh, ointment. I will send it to you free of charge, but you must oh. promise me that you will run it past your medical managers or the community nurse before you apply it. I think that's the ethical thing to do. There's nothing in it that has ever irritated anyone, but people know that I have great respect for the medical profession and the nursing profession, and I think it would be the right thing to say Dennis Stewart has sent me a jar of his honey ointment. It has helped others. Uh, is it okay to use? I will send it to you regardless, and you will let me know how he's gone on it, Cathy. On air, online, squeezed into your smartphone too, and you are FM 103.7. Uh, Dennis Stewart is here. It's a one o'clock. And uh, Dennis, look, looking forward to answering some more questions. Well, Great. You, I won't. Great. Okay. <laughs> I can give an answer. It we're might having not a be... good time, Mark. We're having a good time. I can give the You're answer. You're very radical. It might not be. Uh... <laughs> well, this is coming from the guy, by the way, who uh, used to, what, in the what 60s, maybe, he was handing out... Um, uh, oh, oh, don't mention it. <laughs> communist literature, and I'm the radical. In my apprenticeship days, Mark. Good afternoon, Matthew from Stockton. You've uh, got some restless legs over there. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, really bad. Okay, Matthew. Um, are you taking any medication or uh, anything to help it, or have you tried anything? Yes, I'm taking Stiprol. Okay, and uh, is that helping or not? It does help, um, but it is just, it seems to be getting um, heavier, um, more aggressive. Okay. The restless leg, you okay. know, I can't seem to settle. Um, okay, look, I'll make a couple of suggestions. The restless legs is, a, is an overall term and can be related to uh, multiple things. And obviously you've discussed this with your good GP, so I'm not going to contradict anything that he has said. But I think there are a few things that might be worthwhile trying if you haven't already done so. And these things are not expensive. The first thing I would suggest, and by the way, is this more a nighttime occurrence? Yes, yes, it is, definitely. Okay. Yes. The first suggestion I would make is that there is a herb called kava, K-A-V-A. Yeah. Now, kava yeah. is a South Pacific herb. It has multiple benefits, but...
but one of its benefits is that it can function as a mild muscle relaxant. So, yeah. and, and it is legitimate to use, uh, and if safely used in accordance with the dosages indicated, it can sometimes bring about um, enough relaxation of the nervous system to assist this constant restless leg syndrome, syndrome that many people have. So I would suggest it as a starting base. Secondly, um, you would have tried magnesium. Yes, I have, yeah. And it, it, it presumably did not do much work for you? Uh, it did a little bit, but I found it sort of uh, magnesium sometimes um, exacerbated it. Okay. Well, then I'm not going to suggest you go down that pathway. What I would also suggest is that at your pharmacy or your health food store, uh, you should look for a herb that occurs in some uh, proprietary products that are used, uh, the herb is used for cramps. Now you say, well, uh, I've got a restless leg, not necessarily cramps, but the herb itself yeah. can extend okay. its uh, benefits potentially uh, for this condition. And the name of the herb is, is cramp bark. Note it down there, cramp bark. And it's, yep. it is readily available in various uh, proprietary products from your health food store or your pharmacy. So what I would suggest, yep. I would suggest, and the good thing is uh, it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg, so to speak. The worst thing yep. that could happen is it mightn't give you the results that you would expect. I'd be surprised if using uh, carver at night and using yep. also a preparation with cramp bark in it, say during the day, didn't reflect itself to some degree uh, in in this condition. I would suggest, Mark, that uh, you give it, uh, Matthew, that you give it a go. Yeah, so that's um, C-R-M-P-B-A-R-K. Yeah, cramp, C-R-A-M-P, cramp, bark, B-A-R-K. All right, thank you very much. Good good luck and all the best with all of that, Matthew. Leslie, good afternoon at Salamander Bay. Now, Leslie, I think the long and the short of this is you're trying to save some money. Well, yeah, that's very, very important. Hugely important, I might say. Dennis, I've got so much faith in you, my friend. I listen to you all the time. Thank you. Um, This is a bit sort of away from what you normally do, Mm. but I I started smoking when I was 16. I'm 72. Yes. Um, I'm a bit of a recluse, I have to say. I live by myself. Yes. Um, And I'm just watching money just burn and I I I don't I can't find willpower okay. and, and the only thing the only thing that I've heard is that people that go to a hypnotherapist that's successful mm. is that it has something to do with the taste um, when you put a cigarette in, in your mouth this is mm. disgusting I know to most people but but it's something about the taste and you and you think no I don't want that I don't want that Mm-hmm. So that's about the only, I don't know. What, what options there are. Uh, oh. Leslie, it might surprise you when I say that one of the first modalities that I practised as a natural therapist was actually acupuncture. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, a lot of people uh, uh, probably don't realise that I was the first person to practise acupuncture in Newcastle. And Good there's heaven. a whole story about that, and it goes back, oh, to probably the 70s, and I was very yeah. good at it. It had a very significant uh, practice that ran, ran from a, a private hospital in Hamilton South. They were good days. 
Now, okay. I've, I've found that part of my study and journey in acupuncture was what's called auricular acupuncture. Now, auricular means ear, and acupuncture uh, uses various locations of the ear as positions to place very small, um, what you'd call staples or very small needles in those mm -hmm. points, and they gave me good results in quite a few cases where people presented with what you might call addictive uh, problems, smoking uh, and even drinking. Okay. Now, any acupuncturist um, that has been well-trained would know uh, the potential of auricular acupuncture, and some acupuncturists are using uh, laser therapy these days to carry out the same procedure. It is a very safe procedure, and what I, would, uh, what I used to do is place a very, very small staple-type needle in the appropriate uh, ear point, and then it would be taped over and left there uh, from one consultation to another. Um, okay. I would be uh, keen for you to uh, discuss that with a competent and trained acupuncturist in Newcastle, and there are many of them. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I would suggest that you look around. Uh, acupuncturists get good names. Um, they would know what I'm talking about. If you have difficulty getting any information or any cooperation, contact me and I will send you references of the technique that you could pass on uh, to an acupuncturist if he or she is interested in harnessing that aspect of what they've probably already been taught. But auricular acupuncture, uh, a way that I used to uh, treat addictive uh, behaviour, um, alcohol and uh, smoking many years ago uh, when I was practising as an acupuncturist, give it a go. Could you spell that for me? Auricular. A-U-R-I-C-U-L-A-R. Auricular acupuncture. Hey, Leslie, all the best with all of that. And uh, Dennis, we'll learn something every week. I bet, I bet that's going to raise a few eyebrows out there for all those people that say don't listen to Dennis Stewart. Well, <laughs> the, the, the reference I'm referring to is a very credible reference and there are numerous large charts that acupuncturists sometimes have in their practices that will show a very large ear with very many points on it, which in Chinese acupuncture are claimed to be beneficial for this condition. What I was thinking of, I, I sort of I sort of tried to pinpoint you back to the 60s, and you thought, no, 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 no. I was in the 70s I was doing this stuff. No, no. Before you know it, you'll uh, be straight out of training in the mid-95. And... Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> so All right. All right. We'll see. We squeeze one more in uh, right now. Good afternoon, Peter at Cessnock. What's happening with you? Hi, Dennis. Um, Hello, Peter. I'm trying to... Uh, my wife suffers from hemochromatosis. Yes. Yes. And, and the only... She goes uh, monthly to have blood that yes. has a venous section. Yes, of course. And she struggles to, they struggle to uh, find veins and so forth. Yes. Is, is there anything else apart from the venous section that can reduce her iron levels? Look, years ago I used a herb called fringe tree, not to actually address hemochromatosis, but the patient, uh, and I'm thinking of this patient, he saw me in my Warunga rooms. He came from um, Hawkesbury River. And I gave him some a herb called uh, fringe tree, which had a significant effect on, on benefiting his liver. And as a result of using that, as a result of using that, 
he claimed that his need for being bled, if you like to use the term, was considerably lessened. Have I got an answer for hemochromatosis? No. Have I helped people uh, seemingly improve their experience of hemochromatosis? Yes. Have I done that frequently? No. When I have prescribed it, has it helped people? Some people it has helped by improving, if you like, the status, the functioning of the liver and the herb fringe tree was a herb that I used then. Uh, These days I would probably also use, either as an alternative or in conjunction with it, the herb St Mary's thistle. Now don't get me wrong here, I'm not suggesting in any way at all that this is uh, a cure for hemochromatosis, I'm not. I'm saying that this herb uh, helped a patient of mine uh, at uh, Ronga many years ago who as a result of using it found, uh, as he claimed, that his need for having, if you like, blood taken from him was less. That's all I can say. Um, If you want to discuss it uh, with me, I'd be happier to talk to you more privately. But again, it is a a situation that I don't want people to think out there that, oh, Dennis Stewart's got the cure for hemochromatosis. That's nonsense. I'm saying that in a couple of cases, the herb fringe tree is seemingly helped, and the only way it could help would be by its improving function of the liver. Dennis, got a couple of calls to get through. Before we get there, though, I believe you've did some life-saving training just recently. Is that Uh, right? Pretty well, pretty well. Every every three years, Mark, I have to compulsorily do first aid training. Over my 40 years, I have done so many of those courses, it changes significantly every time. But Why don't you just teach the course so you don't have to do it? No, no, there's a better teacher. I go and see Greg Allen. It's Safe Act Propriety Limited, Western. Great little town, Western. As you know, I like to push the coalfield people and their businesses. Greg runs a great show, and my dear daughter Rachel and myself were happily did his course again a couple of days ago, and, of course, we, we did well in it. But he's a great teacher, teaches it professionally. Anyone who needs some first aid training, he's the bloke. Uh, good afternoon, Deb. Now, you want to continue uh, Dennis's discussion on acupuncture, so you've had a bit of luck with it. Oh, hello, uh, Dennis hello, and uh, Mark. Um, just want to back up your um, experience with acupuncture. Yes. I uh, gave up smoking in 2012 yes. after hearing on your on the Two When You Are an ad for Del Sol, yes. uh, laser acupuncture in yes. 2012. And after 33 years of yes. smoking, yes. within um, three days after having that, um, the laser acupuncture, I was uh, smoke-free. And I'll, I know I'll never touch another smoke again. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? I'll tell you, the good, the good thing is that the different things work for different people, Dennis. And they I'm, do. I'm still surprised to, to learn that you were what, the first to do it. I was acupuncture. the first in yeah. Newcastle yeah. to to, uh, to practice it. And uh, it was a very big practice. I had a lovely nursing, elderly nursing sister, a lovely lady who ran a private nursing home in Hamilton, just near the old bus depot. And uh, she and I worked together very, very well. And... Um, but then I began to be increasingly interested in herbal medicine and time took its uh, course. And so I moved from acupuncture and primarily moved to herbal medicine. But I was a really good acupuncturist. I'm not just patting myself on the back. I helped many, many people. <laughs> All right, so uh, no more pins and needles for you? Uh, maybe. Maybe. maybe, yeah. maybe. My dear wife uh, has, has had a, a shoulder injury as a result of having a nasty fall. And she has been uh, suggesting that I get my needles out and start treating her, albeit 
the cortisone injection that she had locally in, in Cessnock has helped her greatly, and I may not have to re-establish my skills on my wife's shoulder. <laughs> She'll either be pleased or not pleased to hear that. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I reckon you'll have to do a whole um, week on acupuncture. I'm not sure if it's... Has it been a while since we've done that? Or? Yeah, well, I, well, it is, but I could, I could help a lot of acupuncturists out there by mentioning one particular text that changed my whole approach to acupuncture. Acupuncture initially was taught along very conventional Taoist lines, a lot of yin and yang. I studied acupuncture subsequently from some of the English acupuncturist texts, and one of them was written by a chap whose style of acupuncture uh, was my success, and I will mention that one day. Great text, and, uh, yeah, we'll talk about acupuncture one day. All right, just not today, Dennis, because we have actually ran flat out of time. Oh, what a pity. So another week Radical program. They'll call me Dennis the Red after what you've been saying today. (laughs) No, no, no. You've left those days behind, Dennis. Back in the the 60s with your hair and everything else. They were good days. They were good days, my friend. All right, that's it for Health Naturally. Dennis, thank you for your time. We'll talk to you next week, all right? Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. Come